Hi, friends. Welcome to the Fit Christian Woman podcast, where we make health and fitness fun, inspirational, and transformative from the inside out. I'm your host, Kelsey Bryant. I'm a wife, mom, daughter of the king, and a clinical exercise physiologist. I'm here to help you finally find a fitness plan that works for you and glorifies Jesus. So fill up your water jug, put on your yoga pants. It's time to get fit. Hi friends, welcome in. Today we talk with one of my good friends and mentors, Tammy Stewart. She's a licensed social worker and the host of the Salty Therapy podcast. You can also find her on Psychology Today under Tamara Stewart LCSW. I love Tammy and I hope that you feel the same way. She comes at mental health with such a great perspective besides all the professional knowledge that she has, she comes at mental health with just this heart for people and that everybody's going to have a struggle and she's very relatable. She talks about her own struggles and how she really practices everything she preaches. I hope you'll enjoy it. So go ahead and take a listen. Hi, welcome. I am here with my good friend and uh, mentor, Tammy. And I just want to dive into this episode. I know it's going to be great. It's going to discuss mental health. And Tammy, why don't you just give the listeners an introduction and tell them about how awesome you are, your qualifications, (laughs) and just the great things that you're doing. Well, how awesome I am, I'm not sure about. (laughs) I am Tammy Stewart. And interesting that you said my mentor, Tammy, because I think of you as a mentor and you have shown me and taught me so many things and continue to teach me so many things. I am a licensed clinical social worker and I am the owner and practitioner clinician of Salty Therapy, um, where I provide mental health counseling to individuals and families. And I am you know, I'm just a down to earth person. I have the degree, I have the life, I do the work, but based at the very core who I am, I am a daughter of the King. I'm a mother. And really that is what's most important to me. My vocation is important to me, but it is all these other things that I am that really drive me in. And I am called to the counseling it just doesn't happen to be a job that I have. So beautiful. I think it shows up in all the ways that you do, all the ways that you interact, not only I'm sure with your patients, but just with other women out there, sisters in Christ, and you are very approachable and relatable. And that is, I'm sure what you're going to bring to this conversation today. So let's kind of jump in. We know that our mental health of course, is a big deal. And especially now post-pandemic, we're still in a pandemic, like things are still happening. They're changing all the time. But I think it was really just a pause button for some people to really evaluate, or if they never had any mental health issues, it could have brought up some things or different ways. It just kind of gave everybody a chance to really evaluate all of health together. And I know that mental health was such a big topic to really come to surface. I felt like it was already becoming more and more common to talk about. Society was taking note. It was less taboo to 
you know, have a counselor and, and do those things and take care of ourselves the way that we really should. So um, can you just kind of start with talking about how our mental health may affect our behaviors and especially kind of in our relationship with our physical body or our physical health? Yeah, so I think it's important that you mention the fact that the pandemic brought a lot of things to the surface. You're right, the stigma was already being addressed, the way people were seeing counselors and others seeing counselors, and there wasn't so much judgment. It was like, oh, I wish I could see a counselor. Mm-hmm. So the, the shift was happening in the way people were thinking. But when the pandemic hit, what happened is busyness went away and isolation went away distractions went away. And what people were discovering was underneath all of that, the busyness and the distractions and within the isolation were their own thoughts and their own feelings that they had been pushing down for so long. And also it brought about a realization that there might not be the relationships that they were in might not be in the best shape. And it was in their face and they couldn't escape it because they couldn't leave the house. And so they were with thoughts, they were with their own feelings, they were with the person that they were having trouble with um, and all those things. And I can choose to look at that from a negative perspective, or I can choose to say, you know what, God opened a door for us to anyway, regardless of the pandemic. As far as the way we think about our mental health, it absolutely, I always look at it from a holistic point of view. Our mental health affects our physical health. It affects our spiritual health. It affects our emotional health. It affects our relationships. It can even affect our intellectual health. You know, I'm a reader by nature, but when I'm really struggling with anxiety or when I have struggled with depression, I can't even stay focused on a chapter of a book, much less an entire book, because my mind is in so many other places. It's not at peace. And so if I'm not continuing to look for ways to improve myself, to listen to podcasts, to get engaged in in different ministries or, or ways of learning, even if I show up, if I'm not fully present in my mind, it's hard for me to take in the information right? So um, if we are not taking care of our mental health, it is holistically going to impact all these other areas of our lives. So if I'm depressed or if I'm anxious, I'm going to eat. I'm not going to be motivated to exercise. I'm going to try to fill in those gaps with tangible things that are right in front of me. And those aren't always the best things. I think you made a really good point about starting to identify some of these behaviors, like when you're feeling anxious or you're in a depressed state is that you feel really distracted or you, you realize that you can't focus. That's one of those signs of the behaviors to kind of start to sit with, or you find yourself eating more or trying to find that comfort in these different behaviors. So it's, you know, our mental health is affecting our daily actions and our different behaviors. And I think you just highlighted that perfectly. So there is something called cognitive behavioral therapy, which really to simplify it basically means we have a thought, the thought results in a feeling, the feeling results in a behavior, and then the behavior has a consequence and consequences are not always bad. They're just the result of an action, right? When people think of consequences, they think of a punishment and that's not true. 
So if you think about that in a little nutshell, what we think is going to ultimately drive our behaviors because we respond or we react to the feeling that the thought brings. And we have just thousands of thoughts that go through our mind every day. And sometimes we're not even consciously aware of them. And so it, it really means we have to slow down if we want a change in our outcome, if we want a change in our overall health, that means we have to slow down and we have to, we have to give consideration to the thoughts, especially those automatic thoughts that are coming. And we may have to challenge those thoughts because those thoughts create a belief system. And so we may have to challenge the belief system. For example, if I'm dealing with a weight issue, and I know every time I go to the doctor, the doctor's going to bring up my weight. I may try to stay away from the doctors. I may resist that. Or if I go, I go in with a negative attitude. I go in thinking they're just going to call me fat. They're going to blame everything on my weight. They don't really see me. They just see the number on the scale. Like I can, there's a whole lot of directions that can go in, but that's not beneficial for you in the long run because you're not getting the care that you deserve to get. So I'll give a personal example. I just had some blood tests run and I wasn't thrilled with some of the numbers. And I, and I really started to get derailed and upset by it because I've been trying to make some changes. And I thought, well, what's the point? You know, nothing's changing. And of course, I blamed it on my age and I blamed it on my thyroid and I blamed it on all these things. But then I remembered that I'd had blood work done about eight months ago, and I found those results. And what I realized was all of my numbers had improved since June. Had I not stepped away from my feelings and taken just a minute to challenge those thoughts and to challenge the belief systems that I was starting to partner with, I wouldn't have thought to look for those old test results. And I wouldn't have seen the progress that I've made. So where I started by being discouraged and wanting to say, throw in the towel and say, forget it. What's the point, you know, of doing this hard work? Instead, I became encouraged and not only encouraged, but motivated because I was moving in the right direction and I'm really close to being where I need to be. So I have to practice this in my own life by stepping out of the feeling long enough to go, okay, hold on a minute. How much evidence do I have to support that belief that I'm partnering with? And is this just feelings that are driving me? Thank you. Thank you for sharing that example, because oftentimes, and even just with all the things that I talk about on my podcast is I'm in practice too. I'm doing them as well. I don't just sit here and and tell you all the things to do. And then my life looks completely different. I share from my experiences and what has worked with besides myself, but my clients as well. So, I mean, when you have it and you have it right, like changing this, just like you said, you're always trying to kind of step out, challenging your belief system. And we're not talking about God and the Bible. What we're talking about challenging is more on our thoughts because they're not always the best and always trying to bring it back to truth. And your example showed that that perfectly. Okay, like, yes, I feel this way right now. I'm sitting in that feeling. But what's the real truth? Like, what is there? The truth was you've already put in the action steps and you are getting the results. 
and you're just in process still. Oftentimes we always want to be at that finish line. And then especially as women, right? We're like, get through this project, get through this project. And so we can be done and move on. But enjoying that process is really how we learn and change our habits and our behaviors into healthy ones and really where God grows us the most. Because if we're just at the finish line all the time, you're always standing on top of the mountain. It's, you know, where, where are those changes happening? Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because as you were saying that, I was thinking about, you know, God speaks to all of us in mm-hmm. his word, right? He tells us to take our thoughts captive and, and make them obedient to Christ. So basically it's telling us to align our thoughts vertically, right? Rather than getting stuck in, in, our, in our thoughts. And he tells us that because he knows that our thoughts are going to get in the way. He knows Good. that there are going to come lies. We've got an enemy and our enemy is going to bombard us. And sometimes we unknowingly shake hands with that lie and partner with it, almost set a contract like they did in the olden days, you know, and the word says that we're to guard our heart, right? So we have to be careful of what we're allowing to come into our heart and to grow roots there. And even, even the process that you talked about, you know, we're to keep our eye on the prize. That means God's not always going to give us the finish line immediately. Where is the learning that happens in that? You know, he is a God of miracles and he could touch me right now and make every single thing in my life exactly the way I want it. Right. But really, if we think about it, how good is that for us? He's a good daddy. And he wants the best for us. And he knows that we have to go through that process in order to develop and to have long-term results, not just that immediate result. And he loves us enough to let us do that. Yeah, kind of that refining by fire kind of a thing, right? Refining our gold by fire. And not to shy away and not to be afraid of doing the work and sitting with those thoughts mentally or realizing that maybe you need expert help to walk through this area, or if these things start coming up and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Or I haven't thought about that in a long time. This might've been a suppressed emotion, like understanding that and giving yourself permission to be like, okay, this is the area that I must have some unresolved with and God's bringing this up. Or, you know, by having a child, like new emotions have came up that I need to process and deal with. And just to have the encouragement to do so, Because I think oftentimes we're almost afraid of our minds. Like we're afraid of like, oh no, like I've always been this way. I don't know how to fix it. So what's like one way or or what are like some of the emotions maybe that people kind of start realizing or they kind of maybe give people an idea that, hey, this might be something I need to work through. Are there examples or? Sure. You know, a lot of times the primary diagnoses that I come across are anxiety and depression. And those can be situational. They can be chemical, they can be hormonal and it can be, it can be genetic. And so it's really important to look at those things. And, and I often medication management is actually a component of that when it's necessary, when it's needed. Don't shy away from that, but counseling, whether you see somebody like myself or you see a psychologist, it's really beneficial to sit down and have a conversation with somebody who understands this process, because what they can do, well, first of all, 
just being able to verbally dump everything you're feeling without feeling responsible for the other person's emotions while you're doing it. Like if I were to use my husband as my dump site, I would in the back of my mind be worrying, what does he think about this? What does he think about me? How does he feel about this? Am I going to upset him? Am I going to offend him? Right. And that's going to cause me to edit what I talk about or how I talk about it. When we go to a professional, we don't have to edit anything. We can just dump because we don't have to be responsible for the feelings of the other person in the room. Feelings that can show up when you're depressed, especially, are going to be not be feeling motivated, not taking care of our physical health the way that we normally would. Maybe we've stopped doing things that are healthy for us, like exercising or taking the time to eat well. We may have trouble sleeping. We may sleep too much. There may be loss in weight, unexplained loss in weight. There can be an unexplained weight gain in terms of physical symptoms. Being depressed does not always mean you're lying in the fetal position in your closet crying. A lot of people think, well, I don't, I barely cry. I'm not depressed. Depression shows up in anger. Depression shows up in irritability. Depression can show up with anxiety where you're restless. You have a hard time keeping your train of thought. You can become argumentative. So you have to have an awareness of yourself and your body. You know what your normal is. When you start really deviating on a consistent basis from that normal, that's the time when you should go, maybe I need to have a conversation with somebody, you know? That's great. I think that you've highlighted a lot of different emotions and how it can show up in other people's lives that each of us are unique, just like our health, our mental health is, a, is another unique area. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like you really kind of opened up or gave a really key statement there when you said, you know, whatever, if you have an issue or even if it's just something that you feel like you're walking through or something that's in your constant thoughts right now, it could be situational, chemical, hormonal, or even genetic. And I think that that is just like an aha moment. Like we don't have to stay stuck there. Maybe this is just the situation. And if we're able to kind of, you know, work through something or gain control or remove ourselves from a relationship or put ourselves into a different relationship, like there's so many options for just the situational on how to fix that. Chemical, of course, would be similar with maybe changing um, besides, of course, medication, but like changing the way we eat or different things that we expose ourselves to put ourselves in. Hormonal, of course, with women, we understand those fluctuations and there's medication in different ways to kind of sync up and help ourselves too outside of medication. And then genetics, sometimes we're just predisposed to some of these things, but we still have the control to do the things in our power to do that and then decide genetically how we're going to manage that too. And I think that that's just such a big key component that it doesn't always have to be like, well, I'm just depressed. Like, and it just must be, there's something wrong with me. It's all chemical. Like there's something off in my brain. There's something off. Well, it could, there's so many outside like categories or, or factors or whatever you want to call them. That could be like the right. situational, the chemical, the hormonal and the genetics. So Kelsey, you said something that I think is really important that I need to add, which speaks to control. And there's something that we talk about in therapy called locus of control, which really boils down to what am I in control of and what am I not in control of? 
we're not in control of a lot of stuff, right? We're not in control of our genetic makeup. It, it is what it is. We are in control of ourselves. We are in control of our choices. So if we want to ignore the symptoms that are showing up in terms of mental health, we can do that, but you're probably going to end up with a big hornet's nest at the end of that, mm -hmm. right? We can choose to take responsibility, go to a friend and talk, call a professional, set up an appointment. We tend to wait until we feel like doing something Mm. And feelings are more often going to come after you start doing something different. The feelings change is going to come as a consequence to making the next right choice for your life, whatever that may be, whether it's eating better, getting outside and exercising. When you're depressed, you're not going to feel like exercising. You're not going to feel like going for a walk. But here's what I can say. If you get up and you go for a walk and you get in the sunshine, which by the way, is going to have a direct impact on your vitamin D levels, which by the way, has a direct impact on a feeling well and having energy. And your mood, exactly. But it's also going to affect your mood by walking because it's going to raise those endorphins, which, is, which are your feel-good hormones, right? So if I sit here and I wait to feel like walking and I wait to feel motivated to move my body, I'm going to sit here for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And the longer I sit here doing nothing, the harder it's going to be to get to that point. If I say the next right thing is to go 10 minutes, walk to the end of my block and back 10 minutes, chances are, if you give yourself the 10 minutes, you're going to go for 15 minutes. Because once you're moving, your body starts to change. The chemistry starts to change. So these are things that you're in control of. You're in control of what you tell yourself. You're in control of the narrative that you tell yourself. You're in control of making the next right choice physically. You're in control of picking up the phone and calling for help. And I know I'm jumping to a, to a more serious thing, but I do want to mention that if at any point you're feeling hopeless or you're feeling like, I, I want to go to bed and I don't want to wake up in the morning, um, if you're having any kind of suicidal ideations, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and ask for help. There are so many people out there that want to help. There's suicide awareness lines. There are doctors who can help you get through that hump. Just you're not going to get locked up. And if it is found that you need to have a more serious intervention, that you need to be in an inpatient environment, that's okay. It's going to save your life. I think that that is spot on. We want to continue to break down those stigmas with that. We'll include in the show notes that hotline or that outreach that you know to be really easily accessible for those listening. Because although we can sit here and talk about that and, and it is within our control and giving our the motivation, if we ever reach that really helpless point, sometimes we just need to say like, I'm at that point. So right. I think, thank you for bringing that to awareness and giving people that permission to just say, I'm, yep, I'm at that point. I'm going to at least click this link, call this number. And they're not alone. Exactly. They're not alone because the enemy tells us that we're alone, that we're the only ones that feel this way. We're the only ones with anxiety. We're the only ones with depression, especially Christians. Christians have this belief that if I'm depressed, that I'm not right with God. That's a lie. 
That is a lie. That's a lie. And, you know, when I think about that enemy that tells people lies like that, he tells me lies like that. It makes me mad, you know, which can be motivating. Yeah. Because I want to say, you don't get permission to lie to me like that. You don't have that kind of authority in my life. That's good. So let's kind of just finish up with talking about, so we've identified those emotions. We know that, that the structure kind of goes from the thoughts to the feelings, to the behaviors, and then to the consequence. So if we're starting to recognize that we're feeling this way and we're reflecting back on the thoughts, how can we kind of like rewire them? What can we kind of start to do? Or how do we begin to, to heal and unpack ourselves? So from a cognitive behavioral therapy perspective, it's really simple in that when we begin to feel a certain way, we have to stop and recognize, okay, I'm feeling this way because there's a belief, there's a thought that's fueling that belief or that's fueling that feeling. Mm -hmm. And so when we recognize that it's then going back and going, what am I telling myself? And then changing what we tell ourselves. For example, you know, if we're talking about weight, I may feel discouraged and I may feel less than as a human being because I'm overweight. And if I go back to the thoughts, the thought is I'm comparing myself to other people. I'm not good enough. I'm not worth it. I'm always going to be this way. Well, there's no evidence to support any of that. So. I have to stop and challenge that and go, no, I am worthy. God says I'm worthy. God says I'm worthy of all of these things, of all good things that he wants to bless me and he wants me to have life and have it abundantly. And so I go to the truth. I can just take that statement alone and put that in place of those negative statements. And when I do that, consequentially, I'm going to have a different set of feelings So instead of feeling discouraged and angry and sad, I may still have a little bit of sadness there, or I may even still not feel quite as motivated, but I may feel encouraged a little bit. I may feel more at peace with who I am and whose I am, who has my back, right? And with those new feelings are going to come new behaviors where I go, you know what, instead of eating that candy bar, maybe I'll go get an apple. And it's one thing. I'm currently reading a book called Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. And at the very beginning of the book, it talks about make a 1% change, a 1% change. Like, okay, I can do, I can choose an apple over a candy bar today. There's my 1% change. And so then the consequence of making that healthy decision is number one, I've eaten something healthier for my body, but I also, I have actually done what is considered an esteemable act, Mm. right? So I've done something well for my self-esteem. And every time we can do that, we're creating a building block that the next time we do it, there's another building block. And the next time there's another building block. And before we know it, we've made some radical lifestyle changes, but we have to be willing, like you said earlier, to walk that process out. Yeah. And, and when you said that again, highlighted in me, like be okay with being in process and be okay that certain building blocks, like you said, take longer to establish. 
So for me, I'm just going to share real quick when changing those thoughts, right? I used to stand in front of the mirror and beat myself up. And I was probably, you know, not a big difference in weight than I am now, maybe five, 10 pounds. And I would stand there and I would just, you know, talk about all the imperfections. And then I was challenged by other Christian women in the beginning of my freedom walk to just change that narrative because it's it, like you had mentioned, it was one of those subconscious thoughts that just, I kept doing it because I had started it. Who knows when, possibly even in teenager or even preteen years. And I had done that for so long that it's just like, that's what I did when I stood in front of the mirror and it took time to challenge it. So I took the challenge. I said, okay, when I stand in front of the mirror, I'm not going to cut myself down. I'm going to tell myself even just one good thing. And then it didn't change the feeling yet. And I would do it the next day. And it still didn't change the feeling because I was committed to getting there. And now when I stand in front of the mirror, even if I was heavier, I know that I wouldn't, I would no longer do that because I have challenged and changed my mindset to the truth. And I'm locked in now, no matter if I gain, you know, 50 pounds or if I lose 50 pounds, you know, I'm going to be able to stand there and tell myself that truth. But I want to just show this example because even though the first day it didn't change my feelings because those were long-term ingrained thoughts, but I committed to doing it. I committed to taking those thoughts captive. Like we talked about guarding my heart because those negative thoughts weren't doing anything for me in the spiritual realm, in the soul realm, in the physical realm, because they were keeping me stuck because with those negative thoughts, then it'd be like, well, what's the use? I'm going to go grab the ho-hos out of the pantry and eat five of them. So it's like, just try ladies try and then step into it once like commit to yourself for doing it for a while especially if you know that it's a problem it's not going to change overnight continue just to stay diligent on it and and keep going and especially if it's something like that that is continuing to affect your mental health which is continuing to affect your spiritual health and your physical health it's like go for it you're worth it give it a try go in change those thought behaviors and give yourself that time to be in the process. Give yourself the time if your building block is bigger and it takes a little longer to build up before you try to move on to the next step. Cement that foundation all in truth. Yes, I 100% agree. Awesome. You know, one little trick is to write a list of I am statements and put them on a piece of paper and put that on your mirror. And instead of the old narrative, even if you're having trouble remembering what to tell yourself, you have all those I am statements. I am worthy. I am loved. I am valuable. I am forgiven. Yeah, I am chosen. And even I am strong. Thank your body for what it does for you. And every morning it gets you out of bed. You know, if you're a mother, it helped you grow a human being in your body and birth a child, you know. If you have any kind of a job that requires something physical, whether it's running after children all day or, you know, mowing lawns, I don't know what it is, you know, thanking your body for what it does for you instead of tearing it down for what you think it has failed you in. That's good. So Mm -hmm. beautiful. Tammy, you are a wealth of knowledge. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to just come onto the show and talk and inspire women and always pointing them back to truth. And we know who is pure truth. And that is our Lord 
Jesus. So I thank you. I thank you for coming on and breaking some of these things down, breaking down besides stigmas, but also the idea of our thought patterns that our thoughts and our feelings can really, you know, ignite our behavior and then our results or our consequences as you, as you had labeled it. And then just giving us permission to ask for help and highlighting really that some of these symptoms can be, you know, situational, chemical, hormonal, genetic, but that we can always be in control of our actions. So thank you. It's been a true blessing having you on the show. And I hope that we'll do it again soon. Loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Here are some of the highlights that Tammy covered. Our thoughts become feelings, our feelings produce a behavior, and our behaviors have consequences, whether that's good or bad. We also need to stop and slow down and challenge our belief systems, always bringing them back under biblical principles and back to the simple question of, is this true? What is the truth in this? Now, mental health can be viewed from from different aspects, and many things can can affect it. And she talks about how mental health can be affected by situational changes, chemical changes, hormonal changes, or just in our genetics. Tammy also talked about the locus of control. Many things are outside of our control, but if we focus on changing what is in our control, we can find success. And making that 1% change, making that next right healthy choice for us is a great place to start. If you want more information and any of the resources that we talked about, go ahead and check out the show notes below. Tammy's podcast is there, her website too, and of course those hotlines that we talk about. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this episode has really blessed you. And if it has, please tell a friend and leave a review. I appreciate it so much. Plus it helps to grow the reach of this podcast so more Christian women can find true health too.